Good afternoon and welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Leadership Tools and Strategies. So thrilled to have you in this, the 22nd of June. So thrilled to be able to have with us Penny Zenker, productivity expert, joining us. Penny is an amazing lady and I want to introduce her to you before we even get the program rolling. Penny has a, a BS in accounting and finance from Drexel University. She attended University College in London and has a host of professional training in the coaching methodologies. She's uh, certified through International Coach Academy, Anthony Robbins Leadership, Steve Linder NLP, Jack Canfield Success Principles. She's an associate certified coach with the ICF, that's the International Coaching Federation. She is a master NLP practitioner, a neurostrategist, she is an author, she is a hypnotherapist, she's an entrepreneur, she's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and she has created this amazing space, folks, that you are gonna be blessed to be able to be brought into today as she gives us insight into this amazing world of productivity. So without further ado, so thrilled to have in with us today, Penny Zanker, Penny, thanks for joining Penny, can you hear me? Yeah, it froze for a second. There we go. Is that better? It froze for a second. Great to be here. Thank you so much. That introduction, I was like, wow, who is that? <laughs> you know, it's amazing when you're actually thinking about all the things that you've done, and you go, oh, I know that, that you you are doing a lot of amazing situation where you're, you're working through at some important places and you're doing this blog. You've got a ton of followers. You're an author. You've developed a core piece called P10, which we're going to dig into here in a few minutes. How did it all start? Those really interesting pieces versus where did this all come from? I don't know. It's funny how the pieces fit together like over the years, right? I've, yeah. I've always been somebody who likes to make things better, right? And I was always, I thought it was about optimization and I got into technology. I've always been a technology geek and uh, even started my own company in technology back in 96. And I built it up from just me to a multi-million dollar business and I, I sold it to a public company. And I always thought that the driver was around making things better and, and productivity. And what's funny is, is that a dear friend of mine asked me a question to sort of figure out some of my strategies, and it clicked for me that it's as much about getting things and making things, optimizing things, making them better, but it's even more so about value mm -hmm. and how we find the value in something, how we create more value in something. And so really it's, it's because it's the combination of that optimization and also with a value, a lens on value. So that's kind of how this all came together is, you know, through my technology experience and then coming into the coaching world and, you know, fortunately having the, the opportunity to coach with hundreds of people around the world and really seeing what are some of the common challenges that people are having and what am I, what are the common things that I'm needing to do with them and taking that one-on-one -on -one approach and saying, how can I systematize this to bring this to a lot more people? And that's where P10 came from, was, was really taking what I do on a one-on-one -on -one basis and my own personal 
experiences and, and bringing that into the P10 productivity accelerator system. Yeah, now, this is such an interesting piece for me because coming from the nonprofit world, I, I've spent the last almost 15 years in various aspects of the nonprofit world, whether we're talking education, higher education, we're talking uh, church ministry or other various 501c3 or 501c6 organizations. And one of the things that, that we see over and over again is, is this idea that we're, we're struggling. We're struggling because maybe we don't have the robust staff that we might desire to have. And so we're, we're constantly, we feel like we're fighting against these obstacles. And, and at the end of the day, we just go, I just, you know, I just wish I had more time. I just, I just wish I could do more with what I had. So now here you come in. <laughs> you've got this P10 process, this, this program that you've been able to develop to, to fine-tune with, with working through coaching clients for some time. What does this P10 program look like, and, and how does it affect somebody like me that's a, a nonprofit leader who's trying to think about maximizing the value of my time and recognizing that, you know what, there's probably a lot of waste that I'm dealing with daily. That's right. Well, there's a lot of things packed in there. First of all, I'm sure you know you're the only one that feels that way at the end of the day, right? <laughs> so I, I think it's really fair and even to say that that is not a non-for-profit issue. That is a general feeling that, that people have. And, uh, and, and one of the reasons that we feel that way also is because we're so focused on what we didn't get done. And I'll get into the P10 system in a second, but I just want to point out that you know, whether it's a to-do list that we work from or it's looking at these big goals that we want to accomplish, for some reason we always see the gap. And if we always see the gap, then we feel not so great, right? And that, that then reduces our ability to bring our best to the situation because we're, we're reducing our, you know, our effectiveness because we're already like, oh, defeated, right? You use words like struggling and fighting obstacles, right? That's, God, I'm exhausted just listening to it. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that. Two weeks ago, we had uh, Dr. Al Weinsman on the program, and Al is a, a senior consultant with Gallup, okay? Okay. And he goes and he does strengths-based leadership all across the country. And one of the things we're talking about is the fact that, in general, we've had a tendency in organizations to focus on the negative. So, as you're talking about this, I'm going, ding, duh, that makes sense. Even the sense of the to-do list, I'm not focusing on what I've accomplished. I'm focusing on what I've got left. I'm thinking about the deficit as opposed to the accomplishment. So, Penny, thank you for you know reminding me of how this all loops together. Right. So just as a, a tip, and then I'll, I'll go into some of the things that, that relate in the P10 system. But, you know, at the end of the day, Recognize the things that you did do towards your goals, towards your mission, right? And then you can see, okay, how do I get even more focused, right? Take a step back and look at, okay, what is there now and how do I prioritize and set, you know, time for what's important as well as time for what's urgent, right? Yeah. And so I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more of that later, but that's, you know, that just as a, a real simple first tip is to keep yourself in that, uh, in, in more of a traction-based uh, you know, you're going to get more action and more efficiency and effectiveness by, by focusing on uh, creating traction and you're going to get traction from realizing what you did do because our, our bodies, our brains 
we actually release dopamine when we focus on what we did do, almost like a checklist when we check things off, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's funny, and this has always been a struggle that, that I've dealt with, um, and I'm this is kind of part of the fun of these kinds of programs is I get to lay a little bit bare and, and here you're, you're my, uh, my guru that I get to go to and you get to help me through this. Um, going all the way back to political work that I did back in my late teens and early 20s, uh, I had a, a friend of mine who was a colleague. He said, you know, he said, I've always kind of envied carpenters. Right? I thought, okay, well, this is interesting. Here we are. We're in this knowledge worker society, and he's envying carpenters. And I said, Jason, why is it that you're envying carpenters? He said, Taji, think about it. He said, they know what the house looked like when they came to work that day. And they know what it looks like when they leave. And so they can always see that progress. And I thought that was really unique. But again, it goes into some of these pieces that we typically deal with. We forget to see the traction that we've had. So, yeah, that's really important, I think, as a whole for us to think about. Yeah, and I just want to tie that into one of the 10. P10 is about mm -hmm. the 10 core drivers. I'll say that up here. Those are the 10 core drivers that... Um, you know, really maximize our time and energy management. So, and I'll, I'll come to that in a second, but I wanted to focus, to, to, to highlight out of the 10, one of them is focus. And that's what you were talking about earlier. And there's actually three parts in my experience to focus, to really make us laser focused. Uh, and the, what we were talking about is focusing on what we do want or what we don't want is what I call mental focus. So that's the first thing that we, that we have to have is a mental focus, and we need to have strategic focus, which is having our eye on, on the purpose and the mission and where, where our next goal is that we're looking to achieve. Mm -hmm. And then the third part of focus is the attention of focus, and that's where are we putting our attention in the present moment, focusing on the, the process at hand in the moment, and it's having the balance of those three things together that keeps things moving forward, right? Because you can have the best mission in the world, but if your mental focus is creating some self-sabotage because you're focusing on the gap or you're um, focusing on what you don't want, you know, or, or you're letting that sort of mental, um, uh, you know, little guy who sits on the shoulder that says you're not good enough or you've never done this before so you don't know what you're doing or whatever that can self-sabotage you so you really want to uh, have all three of those things in alignment because any any two depth into one of them uh, will will create a, a challenge and a, and a, a lack of balance mm -hmm. that's a great point yeah I, I think that's a a really unique thing and I, I love the concept of even what are we focusing on um, you know we, we live in this this social internet world or this social media world and it's so easy I think for uh, for folks and I know part of my tendency is I, I go rabbit hole okay and right. so I, I get thinking about doing some research in one area and, and all of a sudden I end up in this deep rabbit hole where I've been two hours deep researching this thing and I didn't need what was 300 feet down in the pit, I needed, you know, what was a foot down. Right. So if you just take those three things that I just mentioned, strategic focus, mental focus, and attention to focus, right? You can ask yourself the question while you're researching and you get taken off course. You know, you can always keep coming back to the question of, is this going to meet 
what I need to achieve from a purpose perspective today in this segment of time. If you sat down for an hour, right? then give yourself an hour, maybe set a timer and set a goal or an objective for what's, what strategically do I need to achieve in this hour, right? And so then you can kind of always recheck in, does this relate to that objective? And if not, you're gonna come back and find it another time. Even though it's interesting and might relate to something you need to do in the future, you know, you can say, okay, not now, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so you can use those three things to redirect yourself you know, attention of focus. Are you uh, are you doing right now what you need to be doing? Is this important? And is this furthering your objective of what you're achieving? And so it's kind of like if you ask yourself a couple of key questions there and also give yourself a timer to say, I'm only going to sit down to do this for one hour, right? Because mm -hmm. Parkinson, Parkinson's laws tells us that no matter what time we set, we're going to fill that time. So if you give yourself two hours to do a research, it'll take you two hours. If you give yourself one hour to do that same research, believe it or not, you'll probably complete that in one hour. Because that's where your mind goes to do that. So, you know, those are just a couple things that you can do is reduce the amount of time, set a timer, and then set some key questions that you're going to come back to as you're doing the work or the research. Mm -hmm. Structuring here, and I, I think that's one of those things I think a lot of times we we tend to just jump into things without preparing, planning, putting the structure around it so that we're optimizing, that we're having the attention focus and, and the mental focus built into that process. So, all right, now you, you told me just a few minutes ago that you were gonna, you, you teased us with the P10. And, and I know we've got a short enough program that 10 would be an awful large takeaway. And we've already got focus. So, we're going to stick focus here in our bag, and we know we've got focus to be able to take away. Tease us for just a little bit more here, Penny. Give, give us, right. what's, what's another one of those 10 in the P10 that we can play with? All right. Well, what I'm going to do is uh, P10 is then structured into uh, a framework that's based on a windmill. Okay. And there's, uh, because the windmill, this is just a little bit of a, a take a step back to understand how it fits together. The windmill is about how we create momentum and leverage, right? So a windmill takes the wind and, you know, the more wind and the more that the windmill starts to move, we create more momentum and more leverage, right? And so there's three blades to this windmill. The first one is called championship psychology. The second one is called winning strategies. And the third one is called sustainable results. And they have to be moving in that order, starting with championship psychology. So what I'd like to do today is give you the four elements of championship psychology. Yes. Focus is one of those, so we already talked about uh, one of the four. And I also just want to drop in there uh, one other thing to help you to understand some, some con context around it. When we have a championship psychology, then we're able to manage our energy. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's why I chose a windmill for the framework yeah. is because it's about how we manage our energy, not how we manage our time. When we focus on something we can't control, then we create more stress. And when we're stressed, then we move into fight or flight and we don't have the best intellect, right? Our, our intelligence goes down and we're not able to access the best of ourselves. So it's really about how we show up for that time, the energy that we bring to that time. So that's why I illuminate what are those four things that enable us to manage our energy through a championship psychology. Yeah. Are you with me? 
I'm with you. I, I love it because e even the even the framing here, we're moving away from that idea of of managing our time to thinking about our energy. I, I love that concept right. here. It's just a, a really powerful reframing of, of the thought process here. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So along that line, right? Um, purpose is number one. It's like the jet fuel that sends us into a direction. Now we need other things to keep us from burning out, right? Especially in the nonprofit world as well, because it's so full of purpose. People are doing what they're doing because they're so engaged uh, in their heart in this purpose. And that's what we want to do is lead with our heart. And that's, and that's awesome. So, and in purpose, right? When we're doing something for someone else, it, mm -hmm. it brings us even more uh, happiness and fulfillment and even more, uh, you know, juju, even more juice, right? Sure. So, but there's one thing you mentioned earlier is that, you know, you can get so caught up in the non-for-profit world with that purpose and get caught into different urgencies. So there's two things I'd like to say about that. One is some, sometimes you may not be tapping into the purpose enough with the people who are working together because sometimes you get so caught up in that attention of focus, like the, the tasks that you're doing, and they feel so far removed from the people that you're serving. So it's especially when you're dealing with um, people who are in uh, volunteer type of positions where they're not being paid, they're coming after work or doing this in between time, is you always want to bring them those those success stories. You know, if, if you're um, dealing with, with, let's say, uh, depending on the, if it's it's helping children overcome cancer or it's, uh, you know, make a wish or something, you want to highlight some of the trips and some of the letters from these kids and their parents to those people who are, who are donating their time so that they can get the mojo even when they're doing something like photocopies or, you know, something that might otherwise be considered boring, right? But when they can tap into the purpose, then it gives it gives that new new life to the time that they're spending. So even though you're in a highly purpose organization, you still have to be um, mindful of bringing everybody in the organization to tap into that purpose before they start whatever it is that they're doing. That's a great point. Absolutely. And it, it's interesting because um, our, our, our June issue of our magazine focused on the concept of giving for impact and uh, the feature uh, is, is Adam Grant. Adam is a, a business professor at Wharton School of Business at the University of Penn. And some of his early research focused on um, call center employees in a, in a university. And what they found out was just by linking them to the story of success of what the scholarships did, their, their ability to be able to bring in funds from alumni significantly increased and I think when we connect people to that story that's a great point Penny yeah yeah because it's the same thing it doesn't and really it doesn't matter whether you're in profit or non-for-profit yeah. it's the same thing people you know when their heart is in it then there's more ownership and it's not mm -hmm. intentional that their heart isn't in it in the moment right they're they're tired it's it's after hours for them or squeezing it in and so it's just you know revving up the juice a little bit so that they can access the best part of themselves while they're doing that mm -hmm. and you said that there's uh, there's a second piece to this we said we, we've got to connect them back to that to find that that purpose that making sure that they've got that juice here 
what what was that second piece? I, I don't know if I missed it or not. Well, the second piece is it kind of relates to a piece in winning strategies, but uh, I want to bring it in here because you had mentioned, uh, I think it was before we started, that, uh, you know, because you're so purposeful and caring to people's needs is that you can be tend to be very reactive in, mm. in being, going for what's urgent. And so it's really important to schedule the time that's needed to do the things that are important for the organization because there's always going to be things that are urgent and you can leave 80% of your time to deal with those urgencies and, and you have to take 20% of that time or, or whatever time is, seems appropriate to block it out and say this is to what's important. This is to what we're going to further our mission with these goals and it's only if we spend this time to do that. And so, you know, it doesn't matter whether somebody's donating an hour of their time, then they may have a task where, you know, 20 minutes of that needs to be, you know, furthering the important aspects, whereas the rest of it could be on, on the urgent aspects or finding that balance. And, and given that, I would take that and I would also apply that to our, our board meetings. Uh, I think a lot of times in our board meetings, we have a tendency to focus on details and we have a tendency to focus on on the urgent or the things that are right in front of us and we forget about that, that sense of governance we forget about that sense of planning and purpose that we need to go back to so i think that's a really important piece when we we talk about scheduling the important uh, to make sure that that's something that that pervades all parts of, of our nonprofit work so yeah thank you right. Yeah, I've actually I've done it a few workshops for for non for profits for their boards exactly in that context to help them to balance the strategies and the tactics together. Yeah, that's that's really important. And I, I think one of the things that we hear over and over again in this space in this social benefit world, whether we're talking about whatever it is on the five hundred one c spectrum, is is there's always kind of that that struggle of how do we make sure that we we provide that time both internal in a, in a staff function perspective for recognizing the purpose, but, but really scheduling out the important and then also the board. And I, I think that that's uh, maybe symptomatic of, of some issues that we have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, unfortunately we only have such a, a, a small time today, but there's lots yeah. of different things that, that can be done that really don't take a lot of time because mm -hmm. it's a shift in our, it, it, remember, it's about energy, not about the time. So when you shift the energy, then the time becomes available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you compare it to, like sometimes people compare it to another organization and say, well, they're, you know, they seem to be excelling and continuing to do these things where we don't seem to, to be able to get the team together to do that. And it's, it's simply a matter of the culture that they're creating and the, and the energy as to how and where they're making the time and what they're what they're able to focus on and, and accomplish. Mm, mm. And this is all part of this windmill, this one piece of the windmill here, championship psychology, folks. There's there's so much depth to this as we're unpacking this. So I've got my one down, my purpose. Where do we go from here, Penny? Okay. Well, how much time do we have? So I want to make sure I'm respectful of uh, our we, we really have about 10 minutes. So okay. We're going to dig in and we'll get where we get. And that's the okay. fun of the fact that you already have a book that people can go out and they can dig into and they can hear you speak in other venues, which we'll touch on uh, before we end. Okay. That sounds great. So the second thing, we already talked about focus. So the, the second thing that is, in my opinion, one of the most important things 
is, uh, or I, I should say core driver is not a thing, it's a core driver, is language. Mm -hmm. And these are all, I want to say that they're all intertwined, but for the purpose of understanding, I've separated them into these 10, right? But they're really very intertwined into one another. Uh, but to, for understanding, we take them apart. So language, when we're struggling, when we're, you know, uh, using those types of words, and they filter into our culture, and when the organization, profit or nonprofit, has unproductive language in the organization, it, um, mm -hmm. it, it becomes more and more unproductive because momentum goes in both directions, right? You can have positive momentum that drives you forward, and then you can have that momentum that, that holds you back and at the same rate, right, at the same speed. So language is one of those things that you want to keep an ear out to listen for, uh, especially through the leaders of the organization, to see that their language is supporting that positive energy that, you know, uh, so, you know, just as I said, not to pick on you here, but, you know, when you're talking about the struggle, people feel heavy, like we're struggling. Okay, I'm with you, brother. I'm struggling too, right? And then everybody is is struggling as opposed to, um, feeling free. Yeah. Right. That's and a so, great point. I, yeah. I, I think we tend to do that and we almost create our pity parties, right? Totally. Right. We love that. We love to yeah. say, Oh, you know, somebody has a terrible thing going on and all of a sudden whoop, everybody's around. Oh, I'm so sorry. And you know, everybody's there. And when somebody's got all these great stuff happening, it's not like everybody circles around. It's like, yeah, you're doing awesome. Right. It's we're, Unfortunately, we're kind of mad at them because how dare they do well when we're still in our pity party? Over right. Yeah. <laughs> so right, no pity parties, right? I mean, those those are the types of things, the the stories that we make up, right? The excuses. I mean, and they might be absolutely true. I'm not denying, you know, that they might be the reality. But the more yeah. you focus on a problem, does it get bigger or smaller? Well, it's going to get bigger. It's going to get bigger. Yeah. Right. It gets bigger, right? And as you said, with that big pity party, that problem is getting bigger and bigger, and maybe it won't even fit through the door anymore, you know? So mm -hmm. the key thing is to, with the language, to to really take a look at that and see how you can stay in a, in a problem-solving place, right? Looking for solutions as opposed to, as opposed to focusing on the problems. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I think those are are really they're they're as I say they're simple. They're not always easy. That's right. Ways for us to focus. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And Jim Rohn said, you know, they're simple to do, and they're also simple not to do. <laughs> right. And but I believe the reason language is so powerful is because it will then affect or infect the experience that we actually have. And so even, yeah, even though someone might, and that's where the self-sabotage comes into play, even though somebody might have a really strong purpose, as I said before, if they're listening to their own story about, oh, woe is me, I can't get this done, or there's no good people around to do this, or whatever the story is, then it, you know, it, it sabotages the, the, the greatness of, of the purpose. Yeah, and you, you talked about the sense of how, how all these things begin to overlap, and I think... Uh, you, you can almost get the image of the person who's trying to push that boulder uh, up the side of a, a hill or whatever that is. And, and I think what tends to happen is we tend to get into these points that we say, well, oh, the money, we're not getting as much money in our fundraising efforts. And oh, we don't have the staff that we need. 
and oh, we don't have this. And so what ends up happening is, is that begins to escalate and it begins to evolve. And so before we know it, what was this big of a problem as you talk about it is now huge. And, and we can't even begin to fathom how we attack that problem. We can't even begin to reshape from the problem orientation to the problem solving orientation. So Absolutely. Yeah, and we fucked it up so big that we mm -hmm. don't even know specifically where is the real challenge. Because when we get, when we drill down to get specific, like a lot of times, you know, somebody will say, nothing is working in my marketing. Mm -hmm. And I have to go, nothing? Again, I'm listening to the language because they've, They've, um, you know, generalized a situation because they're frustrated, and that's what happens is they generalize it, right, or they'll delete it altogether. Uh, so let's say they generalize. So I have to say, well, what specifically isn't working in your marketing? What have you tried before, right? And then we can start to get into specifics. Well, what has worked in the past? What's working for other companies in this sector or in other sectors? And then you start to get to specifics so that you can say, oh, it's this specific thing that you expected to get this result and you didn't. And, and maybe that it's, not, that it's not working, it's just the expectations were different and you can then get to a clarity of, you know, what, what can you learn from that result that you got even though it wasn't what you wanted so that you could tweak things so that you can get to the result that you're looking for or adapt your expectations. Sometimes people think, it's like all or nothing. We've made no progress, even though if you really looked at it, you probably made 25% progress, but you didn't, you didn't achieve the really big goal yet because it's one step at a time, but we're impatient, right? Mm -hmm. and, and obviously that's going to throw off all of your energy. Totally. You know, yeah. yeah. Right? Because I think nothing works. So I'm, I'm apathy now. I've given up. Nothing works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's, that's one of these common things here that uh, it's so important. And I love the fact that you, uh, you also serve as a coach and that this is what you've recognized from all of your, I mean, your, your vast experience in coaching is that these are some of the common traps that we see. And so we need these core drivers. And I even love the purposeful language that's there about an idea of a core driver because you, you see that idea of forward movement. You see that idea of momentum that's going there as opposed to getting stuck in these ruts that we have. So this is really important when we think about the language. So we've talked focus and we've talked purpose and we've talked language and, and I would love to be able to take another two and three hours of your time uh, to be able to, to unpack all of this. And Penny, I, I'm, I'm thoroughly excited by this. I think that there's so much here for us to think about and to learn. What I'm gonna ask you to do right now is something that uh, I think is really important. Give us that last bit of tease that sets that stage that makes me say, okay, now this Penny lady's talking and I like what she's saying and I wanna go find out more. Penny, if, if somebody wants to find out more about what you're doing, about the way that you can impact their organization in this social benefit sector, where's the easiest place for them to get in touch with you? Well, they can, uh, my website, and I also have a free assessment that's available just to understand what the 10 core drivers are, just from a, uh, a language perspective. Obviously, they go deeper, but they can get a, a profile, kind of like a disk profile that does uh, your personality. This does your productivity profile, and that's available at uh, www.p is in productivity, 10 is in the number, app, so apple productivity productivity.com. 
and mm-hmm. uh, and and I do I work with organizations. I'll go in and work with the board or work with you know do half day one hour you know various different types of workshops to bring some awareness into the organization and help to shift some of the culture and really you know get back some of the time that is you know wasted in some of these areas and they could email me directly at uh, penny at p again 10 as in the number app.com so that's penny at p10 app.com perfect and what you'll see as you're watching it on the website here is you'll see the hyperlink to some of penny's work in the text that's above the video so that'll be an opportunity for you, as you sit there and you're, you're, you're listening to this, you're going to be able to link into that tab. You're going to be able to go in and you can start going down and just remember, manage your energy here, okay? Make sure that you have your purpose uh, as you do this to be able to go in. But you'll be able to find out uh, some amazing ways that you can see Penny live as she's speaking in a number of places across the country. You'll be able to check out the, the book that, that P10 really unpacks some of this. And you'll be able to learn a lot more about who she is and some of the places that she's impacting organizations. So, Penny, we're thoroughly blessed by the time that you've spent with us. We've been able to, to recognize some, some key aspects that that language and how we can reshape and we can move from that, that deficit orientation to that positive orientation. And I really, I just appreciate you coming in to unpack that with us today. Thanks, Todd. This was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm, you know, eager to, uh, to support anybody who's interested in, in learning more. Absolutely, and, folks. We're, we're thrilled to have you. And I'm sorry. Go ahead, Penny. I cut I you off. Say, by the way, the, the name of the book is called The Productivity Zone, Stop the Tug of War with Time. And it's also available on Audible or Kindle or uh, on, on Amazon. So in lots of different formats. Absolutely. You'll see the link there for the book as well. It'll be right next to it. So you hear us talking about it, it's right there, right in front of you. Go get that book. It's important for you to be able to take and access these things. So we, we appreciate any set of tools that we have in the nonprofit space to be able to think about how can we affect positively the organizations that we serve in. This is the nonprofit exchange. It's all about the leadership tools and strategies that we have accessible to us to be able to grow our impact in our organizations as we impact our communities. Appreciate so much you being with us. Want to remind you one last time to check out the magazine. You can see that at centervisionleadership.org slash magazine. Some great tools there for you from some amazing authors all across the country. And don't be surprised if Penny Zenker is one of the articles in an upcoming edition of Nonprofit Performance Magazine. So again, for Center Vision Leadership Foundation, I'm Todd Greer. So thrilled that you were able to join us this week, and we look forward to continuing the conversation. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.